The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. This is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for viewing today's broadcast. It is such an honor to be able to share the Word of God with you through this medium of television. Today, I'm going to continue my series of lessons on evangelism. It's important for us to embrace the Great Commission. Jesus said in Matthew 28, to go ye. He had finished his work, then he gave us the assignment to go and be his arms, his legs, his feet, his hands, to minister to the world on his behalf. So sit back, enjoy today's lesson, and I know you'll be blessed. God bless you. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. That's my ministry. So let's continue to read it. Reading in verse 19, it says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So the Bible says that God is not counting up our sin any longer. Uh, that ain't make but two people happy this morning. God is not in the business of keeping a little black book on you about all the things you are doing wrong. That's not God. The Bible says, the Bible says God has good thoughts for us, thoughts of peace and thoughts of hope so we can have an expected end. The Bible says that, that God does not remember those things that we've been forgiven of. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, God does not remember our past mistakes. So he's not following us behind day by day. Up, oh, he lied then. Up, oh, up, oh, he messed up then. Up, oh, he cheated then. Up, oh, he lost his temper then. Up, oh, and he got to the little, little black book that uh, the, all of our mess ups in it. No, God is not imputing our trespasses unto us. In other words, he's erased the handwriting on the wall, bless God. And to, in God's eyes, we, we are all been taken care of through Jesus. Not through our own works, but through the work that Jesus did. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So now our ministry is the ministry of reconciliation, and we have to deliver this word and let people know, hey, God is not mad at you. Amen. And, hey, you got to understand, God does not love you because of what you do. God loves you in spite of what you do. Amen. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. How many are glad that God loved you in spite of? Amen. I should have more people waving their hand. I should have more people waving their hand. I wave both mine, glory to God. <laughs> I'm so glad that he loved me even yet I was I may have still been the sinner yet God still loved me enough to offer me an opportunity to have a relationship with him and we have to let people know that amen praise God so let's look at a few more scriptures today go to Romans chapter 10 these two scriptures I'll review and then we'll look at some more uh, more on, to, on today because I want you to understand our posture our position as relates to uh, this evangelism because it's been too long 
that we've made it somebody else's responsibility. And uh, stats say that only one out of three believers are actively involved in evangelism. That means 33%, and I think that's probably uh, a high number. I think it's probably lower than that uh, because of some things that we'll talk about a little later today. But we got to increase that, man. We, we got to understand that when you really realize where you've been bought from and when you realize what God has done for you, I mean, how can you stay silent? When you know somebody is, is challenged with some of the same things you may have been challenged with, and maybe challenged with some of the things that you may not have been challenged with, but yet they're challenged. How can you stay silent when God has met your need and God has uh, brought you out and God has, you know how the old preacher said, you know, lift you up and turned you around. Come on, and place your feet on what? Some solid ground. How can you be silent when somebody else is struggling? Come on, talk to me now. When you have encountered the answer yourself. Got it? And so uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call in on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And shall, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The Bible says a man can't believe unless they first hear. And the person can't hear unless somebody is saying something. And who's got to be saying something? We have to be saying something. Because we're the mouthpiece of God. We're the body of Christ. We're the ones who, who are now representing and are God's agents in the earth. God's not coming to the earth and doing an evangelistic crusade. Jesus is not coming down here in John Paul Jones Arena and saying, okay, one night crusade with Jesus Christ himself. That's not happening. But yet he can be in this region. And he can be preaching in this region, and he's preaching in this region through you and I, his body. Y'all got that? Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians 4. And uh, take a look at this thing here. My endeavor, my goal is to get you stirred up so that you can get out of your comfort zone and uh, start preaching to people. Y'all know y'all want to be preachers anyway. Got a bunch of closet preachers. I want to be a preacher. I want to be a preacher. You want to be a preacher because you see, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the public side of it. But boy, if you, if you get a glimpse of the, of the uh, private side, the back side, what is the back side? You may be like, Lord, I just, Lord, I love you. I'm just an usher. I'm just an usher, Lord. I'm just, I love you because I'm just a greeter. I'm, I love you just because, you know, I just sing on the choir. Lord, I love you. <laughs> ah, too much is given, much more is required. And so Second uh, Corinthians chapter number four, verse number one says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. What ministry do we have? Ministry. Uh, come on. Reconciliation. Say that's my ministry. All right. We have the what? Ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. In other words, we don't give up. We don't cave in. We don't quit but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor by handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves 
to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So because I know I have this ministry, I don't faint. But yet instead, I walk releasing all things of dishonesty. And I live my life in accordance to what pleases God. Come on now. Why? Verse number three. But if our gospel be hid, check who it's hidden from. It is hid to them that are what? Lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. If our gospel be hid, it's not hid from church folk. Once you become saved, you don't need to hear the gospel of salvation again. Oh, I'm messing with some people now. I'm messing with some people. I know you. I know in some churches they hear they preach salvation, salvation, salvation every single every single service. I understand that. But once you save, you need to move on to something else. Because you don't get saved again and again and again and again and again and again and again. No, no, no. You get saved once. Now, once you get saved once, now you find out how to live saved. So now you can show somebody else how to live saved and then reunite them with God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So now because I have this ministry of reconciliation, I don't give up. I don't cave in and quit. But I live a life in such a way where now my gospel is not hid to those that are lost. Because it is the loss. It is the harvest that needs to see the Jesus in you. I don't need to see the Jesus in you. The loss, the harvest does. And so now I need to live my life in such a way that I present, I portray, I display the one that's only inside of me. So now I can function in this ministry that I have been given. Come on now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? All right, one more scripture, then we're getting some, some, uh, to some things here. Second Corinthians chapter number three. Second Corinthians three. Shout with me as you turn and say, my ministry, my ministry. is reconciliation. All right. Okay. Second Corinthians three one. Let me know if you're there, please. It says, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Look at verse two. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared by to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Praise God. So in other words, God is writing a script using your life. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, my life is a script. My life is a script. Not written by ink but written by the Spirit of God. So now, once you became born again, God begins to write a story using your life so that story can be read of others as you live your life. So now, as you're living your life, as you're going from your day-to-day -day activities, when you're going from work to home and home to the, to the store and the store the school, and when you're going throughout your daily activities, there is a spiritual billboard Glowing on your life. And people are reading your life. 
and finding out or they should be seeing the gospel that has been written on your life, they should be able to read it. Come on. Now ask your neighbor what kind of story are you telling? What kind of story are you telling? Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. What kind of story are you telling? Go on, ask him. Go on. Look him straight in the eye. Look him straight in the eye. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Look at him. Yeah, what kind of story are you telling? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But that's okay because we all have room to come up. But the good thing, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness. Because he can work for a willing, he can work with a willing person. God, I'm willing to be used. I'm willing to be deployed in this ministry. And so as long as you're willing now, God can begin to really write something on your life and to begin to communicate it with others. Amen. Praise God. So let's uh, talk about a little bit, uh, a few more things here today. Uh, there's because there's several types of evangelism. That's not just one way to evangelize. There's several types of evangelism. The first kind is what they call proclamation evangelism. And that's like evangelistic crusades and things like that uh, made very popular through uh, ministries such as the Benny Hinn evangelistic crusades. Uh, uh, not Benny Hinn, uh, Billy Graham. Uh, evangelistic uh, ministry they said that he's won well over a million uh, several million people to the Lord through his crusades and his son Franklin Graham is carrying on that particular uh, ministry doing a great job in evangelizing people through these crusades uh, other people such as Reinhard Barnke and uh, those kind of things uh, people evangelize they set up they have uh, thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of people in crusades and people just get saved by the droves that's, eva- that's proclamation evangelism. Then we have what we call confrontational evangelism. Confrontational evangelism is when you are witnessing or sharing with complete strangers. That you just feel a prompting, a leading on the inside to share the gospel with someone that you don't even know. That's confrontational evangelism. Then we have opportunity evangelism. Opportunity evangelism is when you seize an opportunity and share the goodness of God with somebody. For example, if someone has had a tragedy in their, a tragedy in their life, that's an opportunity you can use to share or to witness. Okay? People may have had a loss in their family or, or, or something like that. Those are opportunities that we can use for evangelism. Okay? Then the fourth type of evangelism is called servant evangelism is where you're evangelizing as you're meeting a need. Evangelizing as you're meeting. So somebody may need a meal. And so you prepare a meal, and that meal is your open door to share the gospel. Okay? You make a, make a meal, sit down, may eat the meal with them, bless God. Then afterwards, say, now you're full, let me tell you about Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's, that's servant evangelism. And then the fifth type of evangelism is called relational evangelism. Relational evangelism. And ev- that's evangelism through relationships. You just begin to evangelize people that you are already in relationship with. Now, a relational evangelism is probably the most popular evangelism that people in the body of Christ are engaged in. And they are engaged in it or you are engaged in it whether you know it or not. Because the moment you say, I'm saved. It changes that relationship. Amen. It changes. So once you tell your coworker and, and they find out you go to church, 
and they walk around in the corner and slip up and see you reading scripture, that relationship changed. It goes from now, they are now going to observe you at another level and they're going to check you out based upon what they think you should be doing based upon what they didn't heard about people who go to church. So now you're going to be judged at another level because they didn't found out, ooh, you go to church. I ain't know, and I hope, I hope nobody say that. I, I hope that I ain't know you go to church. I hope nobody say that about you. I hope nobody says that. I, child, all this time, I ain't know you were saved. Man, I hope nobody says that about you. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Because you wouldn't let no light shine up nowhere. Come on, talk to me. Folk ought not be surprised when they find out you love the Lord. Come on, talk to me. Girl, why ain't you tell me, girl? But no, it's relational. So we get so we evangelize them through our relationship. And so as we get to know people, we should be sharing those things that are going on in our lives as it relates to our relationship with God. We should be sharing those with others that we are relating to. And through that evangelism, we're now planting seeds in the people's hearts that now God can use to bring the increase and bring them into uh, the body of Christ. Amen. I remember years ago, this before we even went into ministry, I, I had a job up in Northern Virginia, and um, I just befriended a guy, befriended a guy that worked in uh, the warehouse department. He was actually a driver. I worked in the accounting department of this uh, office supply company. And so we just befriended each other, started having lunch uh, with each other and just talking and whatnot. And next thing you know, he comes to me uh, one Monday and say, hey, I gave my life to the Lord on yesterday. And I said, well, praise God. Praise God. That's, that's wonderful. And he says, because of you. I mean, what do you mean? I, 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 mean, I never sat down and said, would you like to receive Jesus? But he was watching me and through our relationship and through my sharing with him, it is planting some seeds. And so he went to church and he was now able to give his heart to the Lord um, because of some things that happened through our relationship. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so that's what happens uh, with our coworkers and what should be happening with our family members and happening with those people that we know in the community. They should be seeing our life and relating to us as a child of God and having those seeds planted in their spirit. Are y'all hear what I'm saying today? Praise God. All right. So uh, we have these different types of evangelism. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about how to work some of them. But we're going to work about talk really about how do we do this or how do we walk in this personally personally question for you how many of you would love to see FCCI double in its partnership in uh doubling that part in this partnership how many people would like to see that you would like to see that that would be a pretty exciting thing wouldn't it you know what it's it's it can it can happen because if each one of you would reach one unchurched person guess what happened double Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so we have to we have to make sure that we have our own. We have to be personally involved. So because our participation or lack of participation in evangelism is directly affecting how the church grows. Our participation or the lack thereof. In evangelism is really affecting how the church grows. And I'm not just talking about the church of FCC. I'm talking about the church of the uh, church, the body of Christ. I'm talking about the entire body is affected about how we ourselves participate or don't participate in evangelism. You got that? Go to Matthew 4. Let's look at some things here. Let's go to Matthew 4. 
Praise God. Shout with me as you turn. And I have the ministry of reconciliation. I don't ever want you to forget that. Okay. Matthew 4 and 19. Matthew 4 and 19. Just want to read one scripture here. Let's go to 18. Just kind of give some uh, context. 17. Okay. All right. 17 is enough. All right. 417. Y'all there? Okay, great. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. Well, look at verse 19. And he said unto them, Jesus talking now, follow me and I will make you fishers of who men now he's talking to fishermen that they were uh their job their occupation was to catch fish but jesus says if you follow me i'll make you not only fishers of fish but i'll make you fishers of men you got that now we can take that statement that he made to his disciples and apply to anyone that would decide to follow jesus and say this, if you decide to follow Jesus, he'll make you. He'll make me fishers of men. Okay? Now, how many know Jesus can do whatever he wants to do? And so if he says, I will make, that means it's not, uh, not um, optional. He is going to. I mean, this is a definite. This is not that he's going to try to make us. It's not that he's going to hope to make us. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, how many people did endeavor to follow Jesus today? You endeavored to follow Jesus? So now you qualify to be made a fisher of men. Are y'all hearing this? Now, how is he going to get that done? He's going to get that done, number one, by equipping us with the tools necessary to to, to catch men or to fish for men because God always equips you with whatever you need for whatever he calls you to do so if God says or Jesus says I'll make you fishers of men you better best believe that there's some equipment already on the inside of you that you can use to catch some men come on now y'all hear me he never sends he never sends you the war he never sends you on assignment unequipped Whatever you need, he already provides. And so we've seen already that he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, and he's given us the word of reconciliation. And we find in other places in Scripture, we'll probably look at uh, next week, that he's also gave us the love of God. By Holy Ghost, so we can love people. Well, Pastor, you just don't know folk I like. I know. No, it don't matter. You can still love them. Isn't it amazing we always want to get off the hook? No, you can be made, or you are being made a fisher of men. And so he'll give you the equipment uh, to get the job done. Praise God. And not only that, he'll work with us, and Jesus will himself draw men to us so that we can catch men for him. You with me? I go to Luke 5. Go to Luke 5. Now, I've used this passage of Scripture 
uh, talking about finances, and we can use it for finances and increase, but we also can use it uh, for this point here about fishers of men uh, as well. Luke chapter 5, and uh, let's begin reading at uh, probably about round 2 or 3. Let's see here. Luke 5. All right, we're going to start at verse 1. You there? He says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draught. And Simon said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now, let me ask you some questions about this story. Do you believe that it was the will of God or will of Jesus for uh, for Simon to be increased because of his yielding his boat for ministry. Yes. All right. Do you believe that Jesus had the power and the authority to speak to the fish in the lake and tell the fish to jump into the boat? Y'all agree with that? You, do you believe that? You think he had the power to do that? To speak to a fish that fish get up in the head. Get on, get over in the head. And they would have just started jumping in the boat. My question is, why would Jesus tell them to let down the net if Jesus could have simply told the fish to jump in the boat? Because Jesus needed their involvement in what he wanted to have done. So I take that story and I relate it to this. Jesus could draw every unsaved and every unchurched person to this church today. We could have a line three miles long because Jesus wanted it to happen. He, he, could, he could draw people himself. But how many know he wants our participation? We have to cast a net. Y'all see what I'm saying? So now when we go and cast the net and when we go and re release the net, then he'll start drawing fish to the net. And so now the fish get in the net, and guess who got to draw in the fish? We have to draw in the fish. Why? Because we're, we're his hands. We're his feet. We're the ones that need to be actively participating in what he wants to get done. So if we don't do our part, he may want to draw fish. He may want to draw men. But if there's no net, where are they going to go? If nobody's releasing the net, how are they going to get caught? Y'all hear what I'm saying? So we have a part to play. Say with me one more time. Say, I have, I have the, ministry the ministry of reconciliation. Faith Christian Center International and the Life of Faith broadcast has gone global. With new media outlets such as a free mobile app, Apple iTunes podcasting, a 24-7 internet TV network, 
Google TV, and Roku TV channel. The Life of Faith broadcast now reaches over 150 million homes globally with God's Word and God's love. Take advantage of these new media outlets at your own convenience, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and enjoy the teaching ministry of Dr. Wayne A. Fry. More choices anytime. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.